Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Can you believe this? Looking to push tempo here, the Pelicans. Hold that follow through. That's right. This is what takes you to another level. Well, a busy 48 hours, 72 hours, 72 hours, it's been Pelicans fans. By now, I'm thinking you probably know what the Pell is up as I'm welcoming you in to today's episode of Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans as I am your host, Elliot Clough. And before we get started, make sure you subscribe and or follow depending on where you're listening to this podcast. You leave that rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. And coming off that Milwaukee Bucks trade, Drew Holiday headed there. We got another big old podcast coming at you today. Kyra Lewis, the newest New Orleans Pelicans and Pels didn't even have to trade up to get him. We've been talking about this trade or a possible trade coming from the Pelicans for a hot sec and to possibly even get Kyra Lewis who fell to them at 13 and they didn't even need to do it. No, the Pelicans did not come away with Killian Hayes. No, they didn't come away with even Denny Avdia, who seemed to just fall and fall and fall tonight. They didn't come away with Devin Vassell or Patrick Williams, the two highly touted wings from Florida State, but they got a damn good point guard out of Alabama in Kyra Lewis, who's been dubbed by myself, by a lot of other people, as De'Aaron Fox, the next coming of De'Aaron Fox just a few years after he was selected by the Sacramento Kings. And Lewis has earned that for a good reason. The Pels stayed put and they got a damn fine point guard in Kyra Lewis. He's a high ceiling and pretty high floor guy who's going to con- come in and not necessarily contribute immediately, but because, well, you know, there's no summer league. There is very little amount of time to prepare. We're about a month away from the inaugural games in this year's NBA season. So it won't be super quick that he will be a, you know, a guy to lean on. And he is a rookie. Obviously, the Pels will tend to lean towards Brandon Ingram. They'll lean towards Zion Williamson. But Kyra Lewis is going to contribute, and he will contribute this coming season. He could very well be in the running for Rookie of the Year by the time this season comes to an end. And that's kind of a hot take for a player who gets taken at the end of the lottery and is taken number 13 overall, but the kid has all of the tools, all of them. Size might be an issue, we'll get into that in a second, but the one that sticks out that has been repeated, this is why he's been likened to De'Aaron Fox, other than the stature, it's speed. It's speed, speed, speed. He is damn and damn with an emphasis on damn fast 
We spoke with Derek Murray, and I've been referencing this quite a bit over the last week because Murray was so fantastic on our pod just a week ago. Derek Murray of Babcock Hoops, director of scouting for Babcock Hoops. He saw him in a workout. Murray saw Kyra Lewis in a workout in, in as these players prepared for the NBA draft. And the thing that stuck out to Derek was that speed, was the agility. And for good reason. Go look. Right now, if you haven't yet, if you haven't looked up highlights, I don't know how you haven't if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> but if you haven't yet, go look up some Kyra Lewis, Kyra Lewis tape. It's going to blow you away. It'll knock your freaking socks off how fast this kid is. The fact that he was not on the track team at Alabama. I, I don't know for sure. Pretty damn sure, you know, the basketball and, and, and uh, track kind of doesn't line up super well. So he could have been a track star. That's the way I see it. He is really fast going up court. And on a separate draft evaluation podcast that we did with Ethan Piota, Piota of Prospect Pod told us, there's two things that really separate college basketball and high school basketball. And that is basketball IQ, what you know about the game, how to read defenses, how to run the pick and roll, stuff like that. And the second thing is speed. Now, if you've ever played high school basketball, you know there's a distinct difference between freshman, JV, and varsity level basketball and that's speed and that goes all the way up to the collegiate level that goes all the way up to the professional level and the Pelicans just got the fastest player in this year's draft he's quick he's smart with the basketball he sees the floor well he's a pretty good passer and he makes reads quick so he is going to be able to come in and do a lot of good things for the New Orleans Pelicans. He attacks the basket. He attacks it with confidence. He finishes well, and he's better than Lonzo Ball around the rim. We've really shredded Lonzo Ball for a lot of reasons on this podcast, and that's one of them, is Lonzo misses at least one layup per contest, and I know for a fact Kyra Lewis will be better than him at that he's gonna finish at the bucket and he attacked with that speed on a pick and roll he's gonna be nasty at getting to the bucket put zion at the pick and roll with him and those lobs are gonna be just disgusting like disgusting in a good way is it kyra getting up court and even if lonzo sticks around which we'll get into here in a second those two in the fast break will be fascinating to watch Zion Williamson flying up the floor in shape those three on the court at the same time that ball's gonna move quick it's gonna get up the floor they're gonna get quick transition buckets and they're gonna get a lot of them the other thing about Lewis is he's a fairly average three-point shooter not fantastic we talked about Aaron Neesmith being a fantastic shooter 52% from three-point range this last season only 14 games with 52% on eight attempts a game is pretty freaking fantastic. So he's not Aaron Neesmith. And and it's not fair for him to for us to expect him to be as he was running the offense and doing so many different things for the Crimson Tide in 2019-2020. But he shot 36% from from three. And that's good. It's serviceable. 
It's not fantastic. It could be better, but it's not horrible either. And then you look at that free throw percentage. He shot 80% from the stripe this last season. We know that that translates better. The free throw percentage translates better to success at the next level as opposed to three-point percentage, whether that's international play, whether that's collegiate play. It translates from the free throw line better than it does from the the three-point line. Exactly. So the touch is there. He can put it together again. Pels are bringing back Fred Vinson. That was a big factor on whoever the Pels drafted in this year's in this year's draft or who they end up taking in free agencies. The fact that Fred Vinson is back on this coaching staff and he's going to help whoever become better jump shooters for New Orleans. The other thing, Kyra Lewis was the guy. He was not a guy at Alabama. He was the guy. And in New Orleans, don't have to do that shit anymore. I can tell you that. You got Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram on your roster. Kyra Lewis does no longer have to be the guy, the guy that runs the show, the guy that does everything, the guy that you depend on for you to win. He doesn't have to be that guy. But he can pop off. And he scored 37 points in a game this year. I believe that was against Georgia, against Anthony Edwards and Georgia, the number one overall pick. He can pop off if you need him to, but he doesn't have to do it every night. Pels can rely on Zion Williamson. They can rely on Brandon Ingram for scoring, but Kyra Lewis will be there and he can eventually be a a scoring guard when you need him to be. And here's the thing about Kyra Lewis being the guy at Alabama. It's not as hard to be the guy at Alabama as it is some other schools. Alabama's not a basketball school. Sure, they had Colin Sexton coming out just a few years ago, who's now the point guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers, but Alabama doesn't churn out pros. They're not popping them off like Duke. They're not popping them off like Kentucky. Derek Murray, once again, our guy from Babcock Hoops who stopped by and talked with us this last week, told us that he has a friend that also works for Babcock Hoops that evaluates players. He said that Kyra Lewis would have been a consensus top five pick if he went to Kentucky, but he went to Alabama, so he did fall to 13. Didn't quite get the coaching like from a John Calipari And so that name across the front of his chest took off his draft stock. But that's okay because he's coming to New Orleans. So we are A-okay with that, Pelicans fans. Also, let's not forget, and we're really hammering through this. I've been on three shows today. I was on the Bird Calls, Word with G, and... Propels talk with the fellas, uh, Justin Napoli and Ross Tevino, who's been, who've been on this podcast. So I'm, I'm trying to do this at a decent rate, but I also don't want to gloss over anything. So we're, so we're trying to get the best content here for you as possible. So the one really big thing that sticks out to me is that Kyra Lewis is one of the youngest players in this year's draft. He's not as young as a Patrick Williams, but Lewis even if he wanted to come out last season after his freshman season, he couldn't have because he was too young. That is how young Kyra Lewis is, and he is damn good for his age, and then there's nowhere to go but up. With that speed, that finishing ability, he's going to be scary in the pick and roll. 
And if he works on that jump shot with Fred Vinson to the degree that Lonzo and Brandon Ingram did this last season, my gosh, he's going to be scary. Whoo! I really, I tweeted this out and then I deleted it because I was like, the, the, the Phoenix Suns are going to be scary anyway. But they got Chris Paul. And I was like, if they get Kyra Lewis, they've got a backup point guard for years to come and can transition well from Chris Paul once he leaves. By the way, Skylar Mays just got drafted by the Atlanta Hawks. Good for him. LSU guy. He's a scorer and he could... He could make the league. I, I don't see him necessarily being a, a fantastic guy. He's kind of slow, but we'll see what happens. Anyway, that would have been scary for Phoenix. They're going to be scary anyway, but had they taken Kyra Lewis, ooh, ooh. But they didn't. They took Jalen Smith, and I am A-OK with that shit. I can tell you that. I would have loved to get in Jalen, gotten Jalen Smith at 24 had he fallen there. Wasn't worth it at 13 for, for us, for, for me. That that lower body was an issue. Defense was an issue for Jalen Smith. But Pels got him at 13, and, and they got a steal here. They really, really did. They really, really did. And he'll be he'll be good for a while. And if they hold on, if the Pels hold on to Eric Bledsoe, he could learn a lot from Bledsoe if 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 Bledsoe buys in and 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 we'll talk about that here in a second. And We'll make sure to we'll make sure to hit that, folks. Uh, that you can be sure of that. One more one more thing I want to talk about with with Lewis. He averaged a ton of minutes in college, a ton. His sophomore season, Kyra Lewis averaged thirty-seven and a half minutes a game. You know how many minutes they play in a game in college basketball? 40. Kyra Lewis played 37 and a half on average. That's 30 games, 31 games of 37 and a half minutes. You know how many minutes that equals? Neither do I, but I'm typing it in my calculator right now, and I'm going to tell you it's I accidentally typed 0.2 instead of 0.5, so give me a hot second here. 1,000... 162 and a half minutes in one season. That's a lot of minutes. And no injuries. None. He's a healthy, healthy boy. And in those 37 and a half minutes, Lewis went to town. Not only was there an injury to one of their junior wings, forgive me, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but we're going to find it here in this Sports Illustrated article that I found, John Petty Jr. Never heard of that guy. Apparently he suffered a right elbow injury that saw him exit and did not return in a game. And Kyra had to take even more of a load in the remainder of that season, a load of minutes. And he shouldered that thing. I can tell you that. He shouldered it damn, damn well. Lewis averaged 18.5 points, 5.2 assists, 4.8 rebounds, and 1.8 steals a night in 37.5 minutes while with the Crimson Tide. I don't think you understand. That is a ton of minutes. That is a shitload of minutes. If you're wondering how many 
a shitload is, estimated is, it's 37 and a half minutes. Because that's a lot of minutes, 37.6 to be exact. If you're wondering how that translates to, you know, distance and time, or, well, that is time, distance and and uh, other things, I don't know how shitload translates to other things, but 37 and a half minutes is a shitload of minutes, if you were wondering, at the collegiate level. That's almost the whole game, basically every night. Kyra Lewis did every single damn thing for this team he was the guy i mean per 40 minutes his his stats barely go up they barely go up because he played so many minutes per 100 possessions lewis averaged 25.8 points a game two and a half steals 6.7 rebounds 7.3 assists so man Update, if you haven't gathered it, Kyra Lewis is good. He's, he's, he's really good. And we have a guy like that who had to do so much for the Pels this last season. Or sorry, for Alabama this last season. You take some of that load off. Yes, the NBA level is so much more difficult. But you take some of that weight off his shoulders and he can thrive. Brandon Ingram will be the scorer. Zion Williamson will be the scorer. Kyra Lewis can play point guard and play it really damn well and not have to do all of that. He's going to be, I mean, and given his speed, given what he's capable of on a basketball court, he's been a rubber band that you've been pulling back and pulling back and pulling back. And once you let it go, that fucker is going to fly. I can tell you that. Kyra Lewis is going to step on a court and be really good for the Pelicans. Again, there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be issues. But he's going to be ready to go. He's going to be ready to go quick. Will he be Darren Fox right away? No. More than likely, (laughs) no. But will he be damn good at some point in time, hopefully in the near future? Pretty confident in saying, hell yeah. Now, (laughs) being an unbiased reporter, or a podcaster, clearly, we do have to talk about some of the negatives, just so we're aware, just so we're all on the same page here of Kyra Lewis, because he's not a perfect point guard. No, there's no perfect basketball player. There's just not. So there are some issues coming with Kyra Lewis's game, and his his decision-making can be erratic. He averaged three and a half turnovers a game last year, which isn't great. You know, 37 and a half minutes, like we said, that's a lot of minutes. He was on the court all the time. He had the ball in his hands all the time. And to do so with that, to, to not average at least some turnovers, a decent amount of turnovers, for him to be able to do that would be absolutely insane. So this is completely, I think this is justified. I mean, do with it what you will. The decision-making will be something that he has to address going into his NBA career because you can't turn the ball over and win games in the NFL or the NBA or the NFL for that matter. You can't do it. Yes, he's not going to have the ball in his hands as much. He's not going to be on the court as much, but it's something you got to address. In terms of defense, not not the greatest defensively, 
but it wasn't his focus in, in college basketball either. He had to run the show. When you have to run the show, you can't always play both ends of the floor. Kawhi Leonard can play both ends of the floor because he doesn't necessarily have the ball in his hands all of the time. Same for Clay, excuse me, same for Clay Thompson. And my God, it hurts my heart to know that he had that Achilles injury. I love Clay. This dude is a good person. He's one of the best basketball players I've ever seen. Splash Brothers are two of the greatest shooters of all time, if not two of the great, or they're two of the greatest shooters of all time. And it sucks that he got hurt. Anyway, it's it's not fair to expect somebody who's putting in that kind of minutes, putting in that kind of effort offensively to make sure you can score points, to expect them to be great on both ends especially when you're the guy every single night like he was for the Crimson Tide in 2019 and 2020. Also, defensively, not the greatest length. I heard on tonight's podcast that we recorded with the Bird Calls, he has a 6'5 wingspan while standing at 6'3, but that was measured. David Fisher shared that with us when he was 17. So chances are he's gotten a little bit bigger since then. Uh, I haven't found anything that contradicts those measurements, so take it with a grain of salt. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really sure what his measurements are. I'm sure we'll find that out fairly soon. I'm surprised we don't know what they are exactly. But with his speed and his instincts, those are going to help him a lot on the defensive end of the floor. They are. Uh, he's not going to be an all-NBA defender by any means, but he'll be able to hold his own with with that speed. That speed's going to help him out a lot defensively. One more one more thing speaking of defense and speaking of, you know, physical tools is he his slight. He does have a slight frame. Does weigh 165 pounds while standing at 63. For frame of reference, if you've seen a picture of me uh on Twitter, I weigh about 150 pounds and I am 5'9". So, he is quite slight, but on top of that, to flip it into a little bit more of a positive situation, Derek Murray, again, to reference our podcast with him this last week, said that Lewis seeks out contact. He'll drive through contact. He's not afraid to get hit. He's not afraid of the lane getting plugged up on him and, and bodies hitting him. He's not afraid of it. So I've talked about Eric Bledsoe being a bulldog. Kyra Lewis might have some of those traits to him, too, despite the small size. Which is which is fine. I mean, Aaron Nelson can figure that out. Lonzo Ball's gotten bigger since he came into the league. Brandon Ingram's clearly gotten stronger. And I imagine that this team is going to hit the weight room even though they're in season because they just kind of have to. That's what you're going to have to do. Is he going to put on a bunch of weight in season? No, because when you play basketball, you're burning a hell of a lot of calories. So Kyra Lewis, you know, he's not going to put on a ton of weight this offseason. I could see that being a focus going into 2021-2022, but not right now. He'll go get stronger. Aaron Nelson will work on a lot of things with him in terms of strength, and he'll develop. He'll develop quite a bit physically and and probably at a at a decent rate. He's not going to get huge overnight. He's not going to be able to bench 500 pounds overnight, but he will get stronger. He will get stronger. Now the question remains, what do you do with all these guards? 
What do you do with all these guards? What do you do with all these guards? What do you do with all these guards? Someone has to get traded. That didn't rhyme at all or anything. But somebody has to get traded. You got Lonzo Ball, George Hill, Nah, Eric Bledsoe, JJ Reddick's a guard. What if you bring back Etwan Moore? Josh Hart's listed as a shooting guard, I believe. You got a hell of guards in New Orleans is what I'm getting at. And somebody's going to have to get traded. You can't have eight guards on your roster. Yeah, I mean, like you can go in, but go into that, but or into the season, excuse me, into the season with that. But fudge, I it's not ideal. I can tell you that. I mean, who do they move? Is it Eric Bledsoe? Is it George Hill? Is it Lonzo Ball? Is it Nah already? Let's let's first talk most plausible. I've said it today twice that I think it could be Lonzo Ball just because of the little discrepancy between him and Lewis in terms of age. Also, Lonzo is an expiring contract, so there's that. And he'll probably want to get paid, and he's also a member of Clutch. So Clutch Sports, the same agency that is that represents Anthony Davis, so that could be a problem. But... Let's talk Eric Bledsoe first, because I still think he's going to be more likely to be traded as opposed to Lonzo, because he can work with Lonzo and, and all this other stuff. He's young, etc. The thing about Bledsoe is, does he even really want to be in New Orleans right now? That is the question, and I don't think any of us know. I sure as hell don't know. I mean, the question could be asked about George Hill, too. George Hill, play wherever. I'm, I mean, I haven't heard anything about I mean, he doesn't have the resume to be like, I don't want to play here. Well, George, that sucks. You're going to stick around a little bit longer. And the thing about Bledsoe is, like I said, we know he's a bulldog. He probably wants to compete right now, being the age that he's at. He's been competing for the first time, basically, in his career with, with the Bucks. And he's not a great facilitator. Doesn't run the offense super well. He is a scoring guard. But he is good defensively. Probably better than Lonzo. He's all defense second team this year in the NBA. But Lonzo's a good on-ball defender, good off-ball defender. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's a reason Bledsoe was shipped out of Milwaukee. They were trying to trade him. But what if he fills a Chris Paul-esque kind of role for this young team, especially for Kyra? I mean, the thing is that makes sense to me about keeping him rather than Lonzo is that there's enough of a discrepancy in age between those two that you can keep Bledsoe on that contract, you can keep him around for a couple of years, let Kyra continue to develop and come off the bench until he's better than Bledsoe, and then you let Bledsoe go. And in that third year of Eric Bledsoe's contract, he's only owed $3 million. You can ship that freaking anywhere. And I mean, you could start the season with Bledsoe, and if it doesn't work out, you can trade him at the deadline. There are going to be other teams that are in need of a point guard at that point in time that think they're a point guard or a really good backup point guard away from competing for a title. That could be Bledsoe. That could be George Hill. I think George Hill fits better in New Orleans unless Lonzo Ball is traded. 
I don't freaking know. Or doesn't get traded. I, yeah. But the thing about Lonzo is when SVG appeared on Zach Lowe's podcast in July before the bubble started is that he said that if he was running the offense or, or what's something that Alvin Gentry could do is to take the ball out of Lonzo Ball's hands, put it in Brandon Ingram's hands, put it in Zion Williamson's hands, Drew Holiday, who's no longer on the team now, uh, in his hands. And if you want to do that with Kyra Lewis, you can have Lonzo play the two. You can have him shoot. And Lonzo moves pretty well off ball. I mean, we, we saw him get better at shooting this year, 37% drastic improvement from the three-point line. We saw him get better from the the free-throw line, too. I think he improved by, like, 15% or something crazy like that from, from the free-throw line. So Lonzo's getting better at things that don't translate to the point guard position. So if you feel like you want to play him at the two, if you want to feel like rotate him between that and maybe the second-unit point guard, you could do that, although I think you could do that with George Hill, too. And Kyra Lewis very well will be the second unit point guard as we currently sit. So that's uh, that's a possibility. I don't know. And then again, Lonzo Ball's value is probably at an all-time high after the regular season that he had. Granted, he sucked in the bubble. We know that to be true, but he was... This is his best regular season so far, so his trade value could be at an all-time high. And then, I mean, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he's awesome in games that don't matter. We haven't seen him really translate it. He looked really good in the pick and roll in a few games, but he just couldn't put it together. The difference between him and the other two is he could, he's really the definition of a combo guard already. You can put the ball in his hands, he can initiate the offense, or he can play off ball, and he needs to improve his jump shot. But he's, he's a guy, he's playable at the two. He's playable at the point guard position. So, to reiterate, Pels have options. <laughs> If you're looking to find out anything else, I'm sorry. Like, there are so many different things that could happen. And I've been asked so many questions. What do you think the Pels are going to do? What do you think the Pels should do? I want to have conviction when I say what I think they should do or, or what they will do. But there are so many damn options. I can list those out for you and I can list the good things and the bad things about them and I will be able to find the positives and the negatives whatever happens but I don't know I don't know they've got 42 different guards on their roster one of them's a rookie who has a really high ceiling one of them's a former all NBA defensive player one of them's been to a few one title game in his career George Hill and made some deep playoff runs with the Indiana Pacers another one's a young combo guard who can do a lot who could eventually do a lot in Nikhil Alexander Walker and Lonzo Ball is Lonzo Ball the dude is an enigma I don't know what he's going to be and He's got a lot of potential to maybe play off ball, maybe not be point guard anymore for the New Orleans Pelicans. So, oh, oh, on top of all of this, not only do the Pels have 72 guards on their roster, they have a, once again, ass load of draft picks. They have so many, so so many draft picks. So, 
Is I don't I don't know who's our point guard is or sorry who our executives are is it Sam Presti or is it David Griffin I have no idea. Pels have a treasure trove of draft picks going into the future, and they'll be able to use them whether they package them and go get somebody soon. Oh, they could. Kelly Oubre's on the market. Would love to get him to New Orleans. That's a wing you can add to your roster right now and who's going to contribute right now. And the Pels could use one of those, whether they go into free agency or they make a trade for Kelly Oubre. They need one. They need some wings. They need a power forward. They need a center. And Aaron Baines has now been linked to the Pels too. So, oh, there's a lot of stuff, man. That's, it's, whew. I have been recording, I, I worked 11 to 4 today, did some prep for tonight before that, and I have been recording basically nonstop or, or watching the draft nonstop since 5 o'clock tonight, and it is 11.30. Folks, I love this gig so much, so much, and I'm so happy to be doing this right now. I am exhausted, but my God, this is freaking fun as hell. And there's so much more to come. Oh, by the way, all those picks they had tonight, I think they had five, four, four, four picks going in tonight. They had 13, 24, 39, and 42. And I think they might have actually traded 42. I don't know. No, they didn't. Pels took RJ Hampton at 24, traded him. Elijah Hughes at 39, traded him. Nick Richards at 42, traded him. So one draft pick coming out of this class. I would love to evaluate those guys, but they're <laughs> not. Pelicans don't have him. Elijah Hughes would have been a fun guy to keep. Nick Richards would have been too. Was not high on RJ Hampton. But you've got to believe Pels are going out and getting a wing one way or another. Wing, power forward, center, whether it's free agency or via trade with some of these picks. Hopefully some of these picks. And maybe one of these point guards, one of these guards that the, they currently have. Um, yeah. Lots going on in New Orleans. Lots more going to go on here as free agency is right around the corner. And that's going to be another, it's the gif of the Joker saying, and here we go. We have had so many moments like that. The moratorium being lifted, the draft tonight, and now free agency. So things are going to continue to get exciting, folks, and I may be exhausted, but I'm a freaking warrior for this kind of stuff, so so I love it. And if you want to hear, before I, I segue out of here, if you want to hear, I tried to do a live thing of, ah, they drafted Kyra Lewis, whoa, but then I got called into another podcast right after it happened. So I have a little bit of stuff. I'm going to tag it on right at the end before... Uh, the pod's over, so I'll do the all the reminders for you. We'll fade out, and then and then we'll get you the the some of that live action. But today's podcast is really fun, folks. I I hope you glean some information about Kyra Lewis, and we'll have more as the rest of this off season develops. And I'm I'm sure I'm gonna watch some watch some tape, learn a little bit more about Kyra Lewis myself, and. We'll be sharing some content on Twitter as we continue forward as well. I have a clip that we talked with Derek Murray, so you don't have to listen to the whole podcast to hear his thoughts on him. We talked with Ethan Piotta, uh 
in August, August 26th about Kyra Lewis too. So I'll find that audio. I'll bring that in. I'll share that on Twitter. So if you want to check that out, make sure to go follow at Elliot Clough on Twitter. Also, now that you're here, make sure you subscribe and or follow depending on where you're listening to this podcast. You leave a rate and review. Do it! If you're on Apple Podcasts, that really, 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 really helps us out. Go check out thebirdrights.com. Ali Cosell got an article up about Kyra already. We have uh, an article by myself from August about Kyra there too. Kyra's featured in there. So you can check that out if you'd like. You can also check out a bunch of other Believe uh, Believe podcasts on Believe.com or any podcasting platform that you use. So there you go. Lots of stuff going on. More stuff to come. Stay tuned for that little live blip that I did. Folks, I am Elliot Clough, and this was another installment of Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Folks, I have been refreshing my Twitter feed like mad. Please be Aaron Neesmith. Please not Sadiq Bey. Please not Tyrese Maxey. I was really hoping it was going to be Devin Vassell or or fall to him, but... Maybe Kyra Lewis? Kyra Lewis or Aaron Neesmith? Come on, man. Come on. If you're going to trade down, trade down. But give me something. It's so damn quiet. Oh my gosh. I don't like it. Come on, man. Not Pokashevsky either. They trade down, fine. Trade down, that's fine. Just make something happen. I would prefer them to stay at 13 and get Kyra Lewis or get Aaron Neesmith. For God's sake. For God's sake. Come on, do something for me. What is happening? This is taking forever. Ah. Come on, man. Pels are targeting Kyra Lewis, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Kyra or Neesmith, Kyra or Neesmith. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Make it official. Make it official. Targeting only does so much for me. And it's done. Yes! Kyra Lewis, baby! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E. 
AV on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.